Good morning and welcome back to the coffee shop. I'm here with Kevin Philip Fox, my esteemed co-host, and I'm Zach Miller, your other co-host here this morning. How are you doing today, Kev? Welcome back. Oi, bruv. How are you, mate? I'm doing good, man. Dude, I'm just ready for this London game, man. Uh, you you all know my Bills fandom. 6.30 a.m. They're really testing me this week, Zach. Uh, I'm going to be doing it. I'm probably going to set my alarm for 5.45. Uh as, as disgusting and gross as that sounds, I'm actually looking forward to it. Bro, the London games have been some of my favorites the last couple of years. I can't lie to you. I woke up this last weekend to watch the Falcons-Jags game at 6, clocked in, made myself some English breakfast tea, had a scone, really pulling out those English roots that I don't have. Yeah, um, no, it, you do disgust me just a tad, only because of the matchup. Um, I'm a big, like, wake up earlier than I usually do, but not early enough that I have to watch desmond ritter play football um, i'll wake up anytime for football that's just yeah. kind of i'm good with that yeah i'm a i'm like a uh you know 8 a.m kind of catch the second half guy you know catch the highlights later it's nice man i liked i just liked uh i don't know i felt like i got to sit have a cup of tea watch a football game in the morning and then it was, it was like a appetizer it was like i got to watch a football game before the real action happened and i yeah uh, i enjoyed it and i'm looking forward to this weekend's game even more did you catch any of the toy story broadcast i watched a little bit of it it was cool i like yeah, it. it's a cool idea it's cool it's it's a bit janky at this at this stage oh, i don't know course. if it's yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't know if it's ironed out enough to be something i would spend any real time in but that game no Zach, it's a little oh, too delayed for me just barf everywhere from that game but yeah desmond ritter is not it the Jags, I felt like, looked really good in the first half and then kind of stumbled from there. Posted a little bit. Yeah, they were. But they were I, I felt like we finally started to see them mesh a little bit more because we've been yeah. waiting for that. But yeah, there was some missed opportunities for sure. I think I would say both of those teams are underachieving at the moment with the talent that they have and, and their expectations. But let's talk about that. Rolling for the first sip of the day. Hell yeah. Um, Jags are underperforming, sure. But what has been the biggest surprise for you this NFL season? Well, it's tough because there's some really great surprises. Like, um, I won't say them so in case they're yours, but there have been some great surprises and there have been some really disappointing surprises. I think I'll take the lowest hanging fruit on the tree. I'll talk about my Super Bowl pick, ye old Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Joe Cool, Macaulay Culkin, uh, signing his contract, and we've joked about it before, but turning into Andy Dalton. I mean, I know there's the injury and that's a pretty real thing. And that's probably a big part of the reason why, uh, why yeah. they're underperforming. Um, but geez, man, the defense doesn't look great. The running game hasn't bailed them out at all. Uh, I've always second guessed the decision to start burrow when he wasn't hundred percent, given that he is the $300 million man. And, you know, I, I, I think I gave this prompt to you before, but if you throw in the backup and you start one and three, but Burrow gets, you know, a month to rest, would you take that over Burrow out there tweaking, re-injuring, taking all those bumps and bruises and still having the same freaking record, Zach? I think at this point you'd be dumb 
not to take that. Like, I, I think the yeah. Bengals, I think Bengals fans should be mad at their team for how yeah. they handled the situation. And the Mismanaged. Bengals feel like they're just being stubborn about it. And they're like, well, now we just have to start it because we decided to. If yeah, he's not hurt, if he's not ready, like put him on the bench, let him, yeah. let him heal up. And it's almost like, like it, at some point, do you, is there a bandaid that has to be ripped off? Does this require rest to heal from? Like, Dude, this poor guy, Joe Burrow, like, honestly, I felt like I've talked about it a lot, but the Bengals during their playoff run last season became a little insufferable to me. And now I almost feel bad for them. The pendulum has swung so far the other way that I'm like, damn, like, I don't want to see him go out like this. They're too, like, that's too good of a story and they're too good of a team and the fans are too loyal that they deserve better, even though they were arrogant pricks last year. It's hard to see them even making the playoffs at this point in time. It's I mean, gonna take going to take a one and three. Yeah. If Joe Burrow doesn't just flip a corner this week and they just start winning all of their games, like put them on ice, get a backup in there, just get healthy and see where the season goes after that. If we were assessing how cooked the Bengals are and we're talking steak, what's your what's your level? How cooked are the Bengals? Medium well. To, wow. to, to medium well i mean See, i'm like a medium i'm like a medium plus right now maybe a char do, on the outside i don't think the Bengals are long-term broken but i do think for the foreseeable future they are not the same team i mean the defense is still fine but joe mm-hmm. burrow has no maneuverability t higgins no. has a fractured rib joe mixon yeah. looks like he's lost another step after last yeah. year it's jamar chase and nothing else and that's it's ugly that's brutal. It's hard to think that they could just get back to a Super Bowl winning team this year. The future still bright, but yeah. Joe Burrow needs to be healthy. How do you feel about those chase outbursts? Do you read into those at all? No, wide receivers are divas. You know, I don't read into. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I refuse yeah. to read into wide receiver outbursts because yeah, you calm me down during like, the Steph situation. So I, I, I think you're, and it's you're, fine. He's you perfectly fine now. Yeah, because you, it's just been. I mean, Steve Smith Sr., Diva, Ocho Cinco, Diva, T.O., Diva, Diggs, Diva, Chase, Moss, Diva, Diva, Moss. It, it just pick your poison here. Like, yeah. A.J. Brown had his outburst that everybody was freaking out about. They were like, oh, did you see him? Oh, yeah, the fight, yeah. Her? He comes back for two touchdowns and 106. It doesn't matter. I don't care that he's outbursting. It definitely They're, is a little, like, the vibes are kind of, like, bad in Cincinnati all around. So, I mean, I want to see the, the ship get righted. Like I said, I, I want contenders who aren't my team to crash and burn because of how they play, not because of injuries or, or juju, you know, it's just, it's a weird feeling, but Zach, what is your biggest surprise so far during the NFL season? Yeah. I mean, mine has to be, I'll I'll go broad take here, but the Rams, but specifically uh, the overperformance of their offense, Puka Nakua is the wide receiver five for fantasy football on the year, but not just fantasy football has been the best rookie wide receiver almost in history i mean 39 receptions through his first four games or or, sorry 39 through his first three games i believe right no 39 through four games sorry yeah broke the record by nine receptions which is an insane amount that's like in an extra game he's looking like anquan bolden 2.0 based off of how well he's been playing through his first and it's it's not a facade either like he looks really good doing it I test. finally got his first touchdown this year and on the same offense you have kyron williams for fantasy just incredibly overperforming. yeah if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that the strategy to winning fantasy football was going to be drafting 
<laughs> undrafted Rams players. Like, right. You're crazy. But, I mean, Puka's looked great. He has been out there on 88% of the routes for the Rams. He's getting an air yard share of 33.3%. That's huge. I mean, that's up yeah. there with, like, you're a dominant target share guy. He's being targeted on a, just a ridiculous amount of his plays. It's crazy. And, I mean, yep. he has to, he's being targeted the third most percentage of any wide receiver in the NFL. It goes Devontae Adams at 37.6%, A.J. Brown at 331 and then Puka Nakua at 30.1%. Like, that's... He's Welcome one to above Justin football. Jefferson. Like, yeah. Welcome to fantasy he, football. He has to be the biggest surprise in my mind. I liked yeah. him as a player coming out of BYU, but I think... Anybody that said that they predicted this is a liar. It's just you. There's no way. Couldn't have foreseen the absolute meteoric rise. Um, I've been dubbing it Puka Mania. I think that's what what we're going with. Uh, it's it's our own version of Lynn Sanity in the NFL. I hate um, that comparison. I I it's because Lynn Sanity ended as quick as it started. Not really. I, I I'm he, a Knicks fan. People say that, but he played great that whole year. It just right. wasn't That's as crazy. It, was it a, wasn't as. It was a one year. Yeah, I don't I mean, want a we, one year puka insanity. I think I think comparing it to insanity, it, it's sort of more so the novelty of it and the and the height of it. I don't think it's necessarily the longevity of it. I think that's a, a, a common misconception about about insanity that you know the the rise is the same, whether or not it's going to stay right. that that level. You know, is but is the, the longevity question. is the question. That and I, I heard, don't. I, yeah, I don't think I don't think either of us are questioning the longevity of it. He's he's a screaming, uh, you know, he's somebody you want right now in fantasy. It's hard to at this point. Yeah, I know with Cup coming back sooner rather than later, possibly even this week, there are definitely concerns that Puka could take a step back. And yeah. initially, I I thought a similar thing, but I remember the days where Robert Woods and Cooper Cup on that offense were both great picks and Robert Woods a lot of the time was being drafted over Cooper Cup. I yeah. I see a world where both of these guys can coexist. I mean, Tutu Atwell is performing really admirably well. Yeah. He probably loses some of those targets. I think so too. Tyler Higby probably loses a couple of targets when Cup comes back, but can you really put Puka back in a role after well how well he's been playing? Can you as a coach be yeah. like, "Oh, let's let's stop giving this guy the ball?" I partially worry that Puka's res, like resurgence this year, not resurgence because he hasn't been back, but like his, his surgence, <laughs> his initial surgence, yeah, diminishes Cup's value to me because Cup yeah. was so valuable because he was the, the only guy, the hyper targeted 35% yeah. market share. I don't think you're putting Puka back in the bottle, which means Cup may not be getting the massive targets he was getting, he may not have that dominant, like wide receiver one type season now that Puka's out there but I don't know what are your thoughts it's really exciting to talk about and I want to save that discussion because I do think spoiler alert we are we're going to be talking trades a lot on today's show and I do want to actually break down a little bit about where I stand on Puka in the trade market so without further ado Zach our next segment is going to be a classic fantasy football discussion and it's one that you and I are actually the biggest champions of because one thing that we've always bonded over is our shared love of trades. You know, if you're in fantasy football and you don't love trades, you need to get your, your pulse checked. You need to get, get your out. head checked. It is the most fun part of fantasy football. 
my assets for your assets make it work for both of us you always want to feel like you want to trade some uh, at least me i know you're kind of more on the side of like i want to help everybody like at least that's what you say i don't know if i believe you but um i, like I do respect a little it. more even trades but not according you know, to your league it can mates, be hard but not according to my <laughs> league mates yeah if you ask them it's it's very much not that but even yeah. though this year i've been just getting fleeced all year yeah but oh it's yeah fine. Oh, and those are those are the best years because they always look like that and then just give it six weeks and it'll always even out. Um, but why don't we start with trade four, Zach? And do you have any names? Do you want to start with a name that you're like dying to trade for at this point in the fantasy football season, quarter of the way through? Yeah, I can. Um, listen, he's on my team right now, so maybe a little biased, one of my teams, but I, I was hesitant, and you kind of held me out about this, but I do think that Damian Pierce is a great trade for a target right now. I agree. Um, from where you drafted him, hoping he would be a really solid RB2 with an RB1 ceiling, he's been very disappointing. Five points in week one, 4.5, and then 13.4 and 11.3. We're not breaking the barrel here. No. But it's... It's very fair to mention that the offensive line has been destroyed. And everybody's talked about it when they talk about, like, oh, CJ Stroud is balling out, even though his offensive line is destroyed. I think you can have that similar kind of a conversation with Pierce. He's looked fine, but he's getting just met in the backfield time and time again. And this offense has spent a lot of time trying to figure it out. They had Andrew Beck running a ton of run blocking schemes this week which was really great basically using him as another offensive lineman they've been working ways to try and get him into space even though that offensive line is banged up and we've started to see that success his yards per carry has jumped every single week from 3.4 down to 2.02 2.2 and then back to 3.4 so i just think when this offensive line comes back he will have much, much more success. He's still kind of the only back getting a lot of carries back there. Singletary is still taking some work off of him, but nothing crazy. He's on zero or sorry, one rushing touchdown during the year. That could have good positive regression. And he's yeah. got some really juicy matchups coming out of his bye. You got Carolina, Tampa Bay, not great. Cincinnati, nothing special. Arizona, Jacksonville, Denver. The Jets, who, while they have a really good run defense, I mean, have a really good defense, not great against the run. And then Tennessee, Cleveland, Tennessee to close the year. Dicey at the end there, but I think he's a really good buy low candidate to win that offensive line is healthy. He'll have a lot of success. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, you got to look at the talent more than anything. I mean, Damian Pierce is just a, a, an absolute bruiser. Um, he had a great rookie year prior to his injury. Just had a big breakout game um, before he, he got hurt. Uh, I believe it was against Philly in prime time. And then got hurt, missed the rest of the season. Tragic. Um, but this year, yeah, slow start, which is good to buy. Um, it, it's very interesting, right? Because there's so many different ways you can look at trades. Like sometimes you'll want to buy on a dip. And sometimes you'll want to buy on a pre-ascension, like when an ascension is starting. So I, I love the Damian Pierce call, and I'm going to give you one of my names. And, Zach, this name is going to sound kind of weird in a, in the Trade 4 segment because they are starting a breakout right now. But I still feel like I don't really care because I'm watching the snap percentages just slowly but surely shift in Devon Achan's favor in Miami. And I'm like, yo, I don't care if you're buying him 
at a high price. Like, I don't care if it's expensive. I think he's a league winning asset if you can get him right now. And I'm telling you, there's still most fear. Jeff Wilson is coming back from the IR. There's a lot of little tidbits that you can throw into your HN argument to the HN owner to try to get them to sell high, get them to think that they're selling high. Trust me, he went from 40% of the snaps to 60% of the snaps. He had 11 touches and he still produced like an RB5 kind of game. He had two touchdowns, 100 yards. Zach, Devon Achan has league winning upside and this is the last week you're going to have a chance to buy because if he starts getting 13 to 15 carries and five receptions a game, in that offense with that scheme, there's no way you're going to be able to ever get him for this cheap that you'll ever be able to get him again. And I'm talking especially in dynasty leagues, but redraft too. If you have a over or an underperforming stallion like a Travis Etienne or like a Saquon Barkley, maybe get get Achan plus and and go win your league. Does this argument also work for you for Raheem Mostert? Are you looking at buying him after a down week where we saw him be the number one running back in fantasy football up until this last week? And then it's, he had a bit of a down week for sure. Yeah, would it's you, a good question. Would you buy the same? You know, because he's it's, still probably going to be the starter. It's a good question, and I'm glad you asked it because I, I do think I should address Mostert. Personally, myself, I, I believe you and I spoke about it. I actually just traded Mostert away in Dynasty um, because he's 31. And he has a vacation house on the IR, and he, is, Jeff's coming back, and and um, Mike McDaniel loves Jeff, so uh, Salvan Ahmed's there. They like him. I really feel like Mostert is the sell, um, but I'm not saying panic sell. Like he's not a, a, a you know short the stock and get him out of there type situation. He's he's like a, a you know. I happen to have somebody who was uh, clamoring for him. So I, I had their balls in a vice grip and I, I, I made the move. Um, if people aren't knocking down your door, I don't hate the hold of Mostert, but I, I wouldn't be buying. What about you? How do you feel about that? No, I agree. I think both of them are good buys um, for different values. Obviously I'm looking more of a redraft perspective. Mostert to me would be, uh, if you're not contending for sure, the biggest sell in dynasty football dynasty right now sell, yeah. for, for HN, I'm, I, I reached out for some offers on him and people are very hesitant to sell for anything other than the house right now. I mean, he makes just sense. Six touchdowns in two weeks. Yeah. So I think, I think you might have more opportunity to buy him, but I agree. He should be a buy. I do think he'll have value throughout the season. I think coming off of what are probably his best two games possibly of the year um it, it's hard to, to think that he's gonna get six four touchdowns and 200 yards again during the season yeah, yeah. that would be you're right actually so, that that two games ago is very likely gonna go down as his best game maybe in his career honestly he started high yeah i mean it, it's it's very very good and he's running at about 12 yards a clip right now which is partially unsustainable but he's who knows breaking football yeah so I, I worry you're buying him at an overinflated price if people are probably going to be asking for like a top 10 wide receiver, top five wide receiver. Like you is possible you could wait a week, but they've got the Giants in Carolina. Like, is That's he going to have yeah. a bad time there? Yeah. Who knows? So if you're buying him, you're probably paying the price. You're not getting a steal at this point, but I, I, I don't want it either. I think if you wait for a, a if, you, if you wait for a bad game, 
you might be waiting forever and then you might never get AGM. He might not be on your team. Yeah, I mean, you have Philly in week seven. That would probably be the closest. You know, he might not have a great game, but who His knows? If you want to buy him, you probably got to like go do still... him now. Yeah, I, three, I'm... Four receptions, three receptions. His pass catching work against Buffalo was all right. It was nice to see him more involved. Um, I do think Mostert... I, I don't think he'll outsnap Mostert again next week. I think they'll go back to him a little bit. Well, um, with, with A-Chan's frame, that doesn't... Yeah, I wouldn't be... Yeah, too he surprised. Won't be he won't a, be the the grind. He's not going to be the eight minute or the four minute offense running back. The the grind down the clock running back. So, yeah. But Zach, who is your next trade for? After this week for the Rams, I'm trading for Michael Pittman Jr. I think he had one catch for 15 yards, and that's it. I think he caught a two point conversion to kind of really save his day. But prior to that, he saw 11 targets, 12 targets, 11 targets straight one of the only wide receivers through those first three weeks to have eight catches or more anthony richardson has looked very very good very competent uh still has room to grow throwing the football as well which i mean he's been dominant for fantasy but that's came off of rushing rushing touchdowns and michael Pittman's still been producing at an okay like a, a wide receiver two he's a wide receiver 24 on the year he's got tennessee next week who a leaky pass defense and then the jacksonville jaguars after that I still think people are kind of worried about the rookie quarterback curse where it's like no rookie quarterback usually supports a top 24 wide receiver. I think you might see two this year in Nico Collins and Michael Pittman supported by rookie quarterbacks. And I'm comfortable buying Pittman. He had a really big down week, only has one touchdown on the year. I think Anthony Richardson is the perfect quarterback to support him. He's got a rocket of an arm. So Pittman can finally flex a little bit of that deep routes. He's almost consistently always the first read in that offense it's him really no one else is a receiver and even though it's a little scary betting on a rookie quarterback i think michael Pittman is well worth going out and getting i really like the buy i really really like the buy because michael Pittman has been a player who we've seen kind of consistently under his ceiling the last handful of years it's been really sad especially last year um he was such a disappointment um and yes anthony richardson is a bit dicey in terms of supporting a, a who could be a wide receiver one. Um, but he's showing that he's got the chops, right? Like we were kind of, we were always in on him, you know, for his rushing. Um, but this is kind of a crazy, like the floor we're seeing from him, even as a passer is crazy. Um, yeah. Anthony Richardson's putting it together very nicely. Um, so I love the buy and I feel like you're, you'll get a good price because he had a bad game. Um, I actually might, take you up on that my my good sir i might actually be sending out some pitman offers because those offer especially in dynasty those those pitman owners are gonna be they're gonna remember what happened last year and they're gonna have a little bit of those battle scars and they might they might be selling a little bit cheaper than you think um so i love yeah, that i love that pick. people could be a little concerned i think a really great stat is uh, fantasy points data has a stat called first read percentage and it's how often a player is the first read on passing plays which Devonte cool. adams has a whopping 54.9 percent first read targets That's which is tiring. great it just means who is this offense being tailored around and michael Pittman is 15th with 33.3 percent right behind chris olave deandre hopkins like he is the bona fide wide receiver one first read in this offense if you think anthony richardson can be a better passing quarterback which he he very much has been rushing making great decisions thrown shown his arm talent but has not 
flex really all he can do for the passing if he can open that up a little bit at the end of the season Pittman could be even better than he is now yeah I love the pick man I, I think that's a I think that's a slam dunk um what, about you, my, what do you got for your second one my next trade for um is going to be kind of a controversial one and it's a name that you can't if this team is playing you should not go on fantasy football twitter because you're going to see nothing but complaints about this guy's usage and I'm talking about Jameer Gibbs I'm very much a believer that the pendulum is going to swing. I think his talent is too great. The draft capital was too great. Dan Campbell, yes, he can be annoying for fantasy football, but he is not Arthur Smith. There is still good vibes. There's still positive energy coming out of the Lions on Gibbs. His usage rate is low, but his effectiveness is pretty solid. His efficiency is pretty good. Um, He's always profiled as a pass catcher. The Lions really haven't had a ton of favorable matchups for Gibbs to have like a big explosive game. They haven't really been involved in too many shootouts. So I'm not really too surprised at Gibbs slow uptick and, and he's a rookie and, and a chance getting the ramp up and Gibbs. I told, I, I previewed this with Zach. I haven't told the listeners yet, but I'm going to be buying rookies right now. I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for the rookie dip because people get nervous. They haven't seen it before. They start fearing the bust they start fearing the usage, this, that, and the third. But th- this is the time. Get out ahead of the curve. Get out ahead of the breakout. Go out, buy Jameer Gibbs, because I think the second half of the season and, and starting sooner rather than later, it's going to be kind to you. This is probably the first one that I we have a slight disagreement. I wouldn't say heavy because I do think people are really down on Gibbs and he will be more valuable than he is now. It was always, in my opinion, I mean, you know I was heavy on the David Montgomery side coming into the year. Thought it was going to take time to get Gibbs in this offense. I still think that. I think the only extra cold water is not just that he's not getting involved, but how well David Montgomery's been playing. And with the Lions winning, like I don't see Dan Campbell having any reason to change what they're doing. I mean, David Montgomery's running at 3.8 yards per carry. He's leading the entire league in tackles broken with 26 He's breaking no, more tackles fair. per run than Jameer Gibbs. He is almost 100% of the carries inside the five-yard line. Like, while I do fully think Jameer Gibbs is going to come involved, I think he will not take over the high-value touches of the goal line. I don't think that's ever going to move away from David Montgomery. So you're going to be relying on explosive plays. I'm perfectly fine buying Gibbs, but I think you're buying him as an RB2 with an RB2 ceiling. I don't think he's cracking into the RB1. It'll be interesting to see because here's the thing. Jameer Gibbs, the, the draft capital and the, the, the verbiage and the vibes are really great. And what we're seeing on the field is really great. The eye test is really great. He looks like a dog. And Monty hasn't been a poster child for health. And he hasn't been a poster child for consistent success. Um, he's had good stretches. He's had RB1 stretches just like he's having right now and sustainability has never been his strong suit. So um, we might actually talk a little bit about Monty later in our next. Segment. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, he's, he's been um, fantasy point wise over performing. Yeah. Um, but comparing between the two, we're talking, I don't think Gibbs is quite there. I mean, he, yes, he passed that eye test and looking explosive, but when you compare the two on their success rate versus zone attempts, they both have ran decent against zone, David Montgomery's at a 48.6% success rate. Gibbs is sitting at a 273 
obviously mm-hmm. on less carries too, which makes the success rate a little more impressive. But then you see the man gap concept, which the Lions see a lot of. Um, Dave Montgomery's taking about 50% of his attempts there, 61.8 success rate when they're running against man coverage. Whereas Gibbs has taken almost 70% of his snaps against man coverage and is sitting at a 37% success rate via fantasy points. It, yeah. It's not just that he passed the eye test, it's that David Montgomery is being more efficient as well yeah. and just more successful as a back. For I sure. I don't see them phasing him out if he's healthy. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to track. That's something that I feel like is, is we got to pay attention to it because I think part of why I'm buying Gibbs and spoiler alert, I'm selling Monty is because of the the. We talk a lot about uh, uh, value. I think Gibbs' value is never going to be lower, and I think Monty's is never going to be higher. I genuinely believe that right now. You don't think there's a world where he gets close to repeating what Jamal Williams did last year? I mean, he's already on past, He's on pace to beat it, by the way. Not the 18 rushing touchdowns Jamal Williams had that yeah. everybody's like, that's ridiculously unsustainable. Montgomery can't do that. He's actually on pace to get closer to 20, 21. I'll just package it because I've, I haven't been shy about it. I'll just say, I'll say my case right now. David Montgomery is a fine player. I like him a lot. I drafted him in a dynasty startup a couple of years ago. He's very talented. He's not consistently healthy and he doesn't usually stay consistently effective. It's kind of been the, one of the earmarks of his career. It's kind of been one of the things that you can kind of point to as like why, why this trend could change. I, I'm not betting on it. Well, I guess technically I am with these with these uh, yeah. uh, calls of trade for and trade away. But I, I just think Monty coming off of a three-touchdown game in prime time, you might be able to sell him at an RB1 price, Zach. You might be able to go out and get uh, Puka Nakua straight up. Or you might be able to go out and get, uh, you know, let's see. You might be able to go get Nico Collins plus for David Montgomery, you know, because or, – or even flip him for, like, a, a, a way more established running back. Like, you, you know – do you think the Brees Hall manager in a redraft might take him straight up for, for Brees Hall? I think so. I think so. I don't know if I would do it. You don't know if you'd do it? I might do it. I might do it. I I, I, I almost made Brees Hall a trade for, but I'm just a little too – I'm just a little too – I mean, Zach Wilson's looking better, but, you know, that I digress. We've talked about the Lions quite a lot, um, and, and I, I have given away one of my trade aways. So um, we got – I got one more trade for and two more trade aways. You have two of each, right? So do you want to – you want to get into oh, just another two trade ways. Yeah. Two trade two trade ways. Okay, do you want to get into a uh, trade four? Well, why don't and, you and, just talk about David Montgomery since we're Oh, I just here. did. I just made my case. Oh, that was that was your case for it? Yeah, okay. I just think it's a ceiling. I just think it's a three touchdown prime time RB1 price time. I I just think it's it's like um selling GameStop when it first had that massive surge before all the extra stuff. I uh I'd be buying David Montgomery, to be honest with you, because I, I think people are still like you a lot of times where they're like, you know, I don't think he can do this. I think he can. I think the reason he'd been so spotty in um, the Bears is because the Bears sucked and their yeah, offensive the line was horrendous. And huh. the Lions have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, a great defensive line. They've got Carolina, Tampa Bay, Vegas, Chargers, Chicago, Green Bay, New Orleans, Chicago, Denver, Minnesota up on their schedule to end the season. I don't know how many of those games they're going to be behind in. That I don't see a lot of the game script for Gibbs. So I just think people are probably thinking this is unsustainable, but I see why no reason close to a touchdown for game for him is not they proved they could do it last year. He's yeah. running great. O-line's great. 
they're probably going to they're a very good team like verifiably a great team yeah three and one i think they're going to be in positive game scripts more than they're in negative game scripts yeah. moving forward i don't know if it's unsustainable i think he could do it it'll be very interesting to track i i think we should start it right now maybe we do a little rest of season coffee bet i take gibbs straight up you take monty straight up yeah i'm fine with that i think Monty will outperform Gibbs for fantasy for the rest of the season. Lock if only off of touchdowns. I think Gibbs is probably the more ex- easily the more explosive player and the better yeah. receiver. Yeah. But I don't think he's sniffing the five-yard line. I don't think he's going to be in there once. Might have a James Cook-type role. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that. It's really working well for James Cook. Um, so, Zach, do you have another trade four for me, or are you getting into trade aways? Yeah, I'll go into trade aways. I don't have Sweet. any Sweet. I have one more fans. trade four, and then, and then, but you can do, give, give us a trade away. Uh, yeah, I think I'm looking at Alvin Kamara. Uh, mm. I think people have been waiting through his his three games to come back and be like, all right, now I've got Alvin Kamara. Yeah. And the excitement, I think, got a little farther, a little too far to where people are like, oh, you have a top 12 back now. But I think people were forgetting that last year he wasn't a top 12 back. And what I think yeah. was a better performing offense than we have this year. He had some really big boom games where he against the Vegas had three touchdowns last year, a 38 point game, a 20 point game. But for a lot of the year, he was running very poorly about three yards of carry, two yards of carry getting a little less receptions than normal near the end of the year. And this last week, I mean, obviously horrendous 13 receptions for 33 yards, 13, hey, 13 receptions. receptions. Great. Yeah. Well, you seven really seven love points 13 by receptions. Itself, yeah. And if he keeps getting 13 receptions, you're going to hate that you sold him. You know, you're going to because no one gets 13 receptions as running back. Um, 11 carries for 51 yards against Tampa Bay. That's solid. 4.6 a carry. I worry that throughout the year, once Jamal Williams is back and Kendra Miller gets a little more involved, that he doesn't have such a dominant hold on the position. Doesn't see the 75% snap share he saw against Tampa Bay. Derek Carr's arm is not always going to be sprained to where he can only throw at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> and cool. they have a surprising, like a surprisingly easy schedule, which makes this a little concerning, but I think he's lost a step. I think he's going to be an RB two. I wouldn't be shocked if he finishes RB 15 to 20, which is not bad. That's a good value for a running back. But I think if you can sell off of the, look how involved he is, he's going to be back to that top, 10 to 5 guy that he was before that's what i would be selling if you can turn him into a 5 to 10 wide receiver or a little bit better of a back i would make that move yeah no i really like it um especially based on that because the 13 receptions it's so hollow especially with car's health so i i'm not at all i absolutely am in on that pick um i'll give my last trade four and then i'll jump into trade away um, my last trade for is going to be another rookie. Su- su- surprise, surprise. I love rookies. Um, and I'm projecting another huge uptick in utilization for Dalton Kincaid. I've been in on him all offseason. I'm actually, ple- believe it or not, based on like what I was hoping for, I'm actually pleasantly surprised from his utilization in the first four weeks of the season. Um, he only has one game fewer than three receptions. Not getting the yards. They're not, he's not getting like a ton of yards. I believe his season high is like 40 or 41 yards. So he's not really like, like, you know, like raking in the yards, but doing a ton, a ton, a ton of those. You, you mentioned it earlier, uh, uh, pre show, a lot of flat routes, you know, not, not the kind of like super valuable for fantasy routes, but again, just like with 
a chain or a chan there's a snap percentage shift that's starting to happen there's a snap percentage um variation that's starting to happen between him and dawson knox where the arrow is going down for knox and his utilization as a tight end and it's going up for kincaid and his utilization as a tight end so I'm very, very interested, and especially in the fact that it's uh, Josh Allen potential MVP season uh, targets, and it's going to be a lot of red zone. I think it's going to be a lot of third down, um, and regardless of the knock stuff, I mean they run more twelve personnel than anyone, so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of on the field time regardless. But I think he might become the starting tight end by the end of the season. Yeah, I'd be I'd be shocked if he's not the starting tight end. They've been running out twelve personnel a lot, so he's him and Knox have been on the field together a lot. Um, he's been the first read more often than Knox, almost double. Had definitely a nice. lot more like scripted plays right. than Knox has. Uh, they've they've both been on the field about the same amount. Uh, K, I mean, Kincaid was on the field the most in Week One, and then dropped pretty dramatically. He was on he was eighty percent snaps in Week One. And then dropped to 60% week two, and then 51 3, 52 against Miami. So he's still seeing 50% of the snap share. I do think one of, like, if he can take a step forward, he will be in a great spot. The Bills have the second easiest schedule for tight ends rest of season. I mean, just a cakewalk of really great matchups. So if there's going to be a time for him to succeed, it'll be the second half of the year. Yeah. I'm always a little hesitant on rookie tight ends. Because I think it can take a while for them to get into the swing of things. Yeah, I would love to see him do it though. Yeah, um, they really need to just jump his depth of target up. Like get this man right. more than three yards down the field. I agree with you. That's Please. actually one of the things that I'm I'm, I'm projecting that. I think that's going to start happening. Um, but he is getting those slot targets. He's getting those scripted looks that you talked about. So let's let's move that a dot. Like give me give me five yards. You know, I, I I can live with five, but two is just killing me. He's running the third most routes on the team behind yeah. Diggs and Gabe Davis. So he no is out there, there. but yeah. he is dead last on the team in average depth of target with 3.6. Deontay Hardy, so who bad. they've been using as a screen only guy, has a 4.4 yards depth of target. Like Don't they're tell me refusing. that, Zach. They won't. They won't throw the field, the I ball know. down the field to Kincaid. And it's, yeah. it's if that continues, I don't see him being worth it. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of similar with what I felt about the Lions. Of if it's not broke, why fix it? This Bills team is riding right now. Yeah, they right, are. They're doing good. G- yeah. Gabe Davis is looking like a solid number two. Diggs is being dominant. Yeah. And Knox is playing fine. Knox is yeah. not playing himself off the field like he does sometimes with his crazy drops. Yeah, he does uh, have some bad drops. Kincaid is the very clearly more talented player. I just wonder if they will get him involved soon enough for it to be valuable this year. In such an ugly tight end landscape, I just think it's so worth the upside to take the swing. And especially if you don't have to pay the draft capital cost that was like higher, right? Like people reached for Kincaid a little bit, like in your eyes, I I was always okay with that price. But now the way that he's underperformed, I guess you could say, I mean, like I said, he's he's still, I mean, in PPR, he's fine. He's getting his catches. They're just not producing yeah. valuable yardage um, or touchdowns. So I think positive regression will come. I think an increased utilization will come. I think him getting over the rookie wall will come. I think all of this stuff leads to him being like, especially because you're going to be buying him again at his floor. 
you know, I had one ceiling buy and I had two floor buys. I think, I think do the same thing with Kincaid. I'm, I'm thinking for Gibbs pendulum will swing. And if you're we in are, a spot where you're four and oh and three and one and you need a tight end, I think he's a great buy. Yeah. If you need performance now, I don't know if you're going to get it. Yeah. You, then you want to be going and looking for like Sam Laporta or something. Um, <sighs> right. But he'd be costly. Good, sir. We are exclusively in trade away territory before we get to our next segment. Give me your next trade away. You got one more? I do have one more, more, but let's, let's give you one first since you have two left and we'll even it out. Yeah. So, uh, I already said Monty, um, my, my next two are both ceiling trades. So these are not indictments on these players. I love these, but both of these players I love. Um, one of them is ascending. One of them is descending. And the one that's ascending again, it's going to be controversial because we've already talked about him. Um, but I think even though I, I don't hate riding it out and I don't hate holding, I think right now you could probably get top five wide receiver cost for Puka Nakua. It's ugly because he's Puka Nakua and he's Puka Mania and he passes the eye test. And he's your favorite fantasy analyst's favorite fantasy player. He's that guy. Um, so, But I think that it's... I think that with Cooper Cup coming back and the Rams offense potentially cooling off, I think Puka Nakua will his floor will will his floor will probably stay the same, but I think his ceiling will come down a little bit. And I think if you sell him at the ceiling, if you sell him at go out and get a wide receiver one, go out and get an RB one, and get plus, get draft picks, get you know a throwaway, get a flyer in there. I think right now this will be the peak of his value this year until the Rams sort of reshuffle the deck a little bit. That's brutal. I mean, it's hard to think about trading away Puka, but it obviously just depends on what you're getting in return. I do think you'll have value the rest of the season. Me too. But, you Not know, this I much, mean, it's, yeah, it's tough to think he'd be getting 15 to 12 targets a game the rest of the season. Yeah, it's like unsustainable. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. That takes some guts to trade him away after it he's does. been so good for you. Dude, it does. I In a dynasty league where I was kind of struggling... Um, I traded, um, in, in a, in a dynasty league where I was kind of struggling, I traded the RB one, I traded Raheem Oster. Um, and it wasn't easy to do, but I knew it was the right decision for my future. And Puka Nakua in a dynasty, I might, I would, like I said before, I'm I wouldn't trade him in dynasty. Wouldn't trade yeah. him unless you had balls in a vice grip, but in redraft Puka Nakua, if you can go, would you trade right now? Straight up rest of season. Would you take Puka or Saquon? I'd take Saquon. Puka. Puka. Yeah. Would you take... That Giants offensive line is downright horrendous, and he's coming off of an injury. I I would prefer the healthy player. Puka or Pollard? Pollard. Puka or CeeDee Lamb? CeeDee Lamb. Puka or Devontae Smith? Ooh. Yeah. See? So these are the kinds of questions. but Devontae Smith. The fact that you're thinking about it that much means I think you could go out there and go capitalize on the Puka Nakua name right now and go out there and get a potential wide receiver one, RB1, rest of season, because there are going to be people who... You you just took Puka over Saquon. If I'm the Puka manager, I'm going to go find my Saquon manager, and I'm going to go offer him for Saquon. Yeah, I mean, you could, for sure. I don't think anybody would say no to that. Really? You don't? Like, nobody? Say no to getting Saquon for Puka? Probably just me. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. I, 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 yeah. it, it's an interesting discussion. But that's why I bring it up because 
the it's ugly but in a in a in a world where everybody's zigging we have to zag zach we have to be the ones who are are right ahead of the curve and and like i said trading the rb1 last week sucked but i feel like it was the right decision for me and that's what you have to do in fantasy you have to make those tough decisions no that's very fair um i'll do my last trade away here and it's a, a bigger one for sure my last trade away is keenan allen he's the wide similar three similar to puka here yeah but i'm in a little different of a a situation where i don't think keenan allen's production is sustainable here yeah i, I think losing mike williams hurts keenan allen more than it helps him yeah and he's coming off of the wide receiver three like absolutely dominant and i would be looking to ship him out right now number one name on my list is travis kelsey i think mm. wide receivers are much more replaceable and kelsey straight had an up. okay game against the Jets. straight up go get travis kelsey he's you, a trade for be able to You'd probably be able to make that deal too. I mean, you're looking at a dominant wide receiver three in Keenan Allen, who's the clear number one target on this team. But we've seen time and time again when Austin Eckler is out of that lineup, Keenan Allen's targets skyrocket. Yeah. Once Austin Eckler is back in, he comes back down to earth. Still really, really good. Still probably a back end wide receiver one. But I think this top one, two, three, four wide receiver that he's been. I don't think stays that way. I don't think yeah. he's going to get 20 targets at 200 yards again. I think Austin Ecker hurts that. And then he's got Dallas, Kansas City, Jets, Detroit, Baltimore, New England, all on his schedule, and then ends the season with Buffalo. I think it could get harder considering he's played some of the best matchups for a wide receiver in Miami, Tennessee, Minnesota, and Vegas in back-to-back weeks. If you can move him for a top, top, top asset, I'm talking like, pair him with a running back for Christian McCaffrey. Maybe send him straight up for Austin Eckler if you're in dire need for a running back or move him for Travis Kelsey. Go get that top end of the position because I think right now people think Keenan Allen is a top end of the position. Like a, yeah. I'm saying top one through five. You're selling you it a ceiling. Make, yeah. If you can make that pivot to, like I said, Travis Kelsey, get that onesie position in. Get a, get a solid top running back. Even trade for a different wide receiver if you prefer like... I don't know if you can make the move. Jamar Chase is really tough. I don't know how. I yeah, feel about I mean that exactly. It is tough. It is tough. But he's had enough. He's had enough success this year that I don't like hate it. I would take Devonte Adams personally over. Yeah. I like Devonte Adams. You could probably make that move. I think there's a lot of sideways moves you can make getting rid of Keenan Allen, um, because I do think he will continue to come back down to earth. Like what we saw this week: three catches, 32 yards, and a touchdown. That's possible, and that was against one of the worst pass defenses against receivers in vegas it could just you could have a bumpier road than people think yeah no i love it and i think your your kelsey pick was the one that i was the most enamored by if i was like if i owned like a, a medium tight end one or like just like a low end tight end and i had keenan i'd do the package i'd do like keenan and my tight end like keenan and like say goddard or something i'd, I'd throw that for kelsey easily and and hopefully you and, get it in that trade you should get a wide receiver back too like you're yeah, probably getting Get a flyer, get a two two out. Promising well. wide receiver. If Tank you're sending Goddard and Keelan Keenan for Kelsey, you're probably getting Kelsey and a wide receiver two back, like a Nico yeah. Collins or a Zay Flowers back. Yeah, I like it. No, I I think that's a great pick. Um, I I have one more, and then we have a keep trade cut, and then we can wrap this show, brother. We can we can we can take it home. Um, Let's do it. So I have two keep trade cuts for you. Um, this is coffee shop sports. So one of them is super um, bold. It's a bold roast keep trade cut. 
and one of them is super groundsy. It's a groundsy keep trades cut. It's like one of them is like, oh, I want to keep these guys. This is hard because who do I keep? And then the other one is, oh, I hate these guys. Can I get rid of all of them? But you got to keep keep trading cuts. So my bold picks. Okay, I got three names for you: Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, and AJ Brown. Keep Tyree Kill. Trade. Oof. You're Stephon wrong already. Diggs, cut AJ Brown. Yeah, that'd be how I'd go. And tell me why. Tyree Kill, I think, is the only other wide receiver that can get close to 2,000 yards this season. Other than they J. Got, Jeff. Yeah, other than J. Jeff. Sorry. Uh, yeah. They just got stomped by Buffalo in a game that he only saw five targets, the lowest of his target total of the season. Prior to that, he had four touchdowns and a ridiculous amount, which means that he just did what Stephon Diggs has finally done. And you saw him do it for three games. Same with AJ Brown, kind of underperforming for three games and then has his like massive launch game. Tyree Did you Kill say Diggs has been underperforming? I mean, just in comparatively to Tyreek. Like, Tyreek has already had his 200-yard, two-touchdown game and then another touchdown, then 157 yards and a touchdown. Like He's very consistent. I think he's the most I, explosive wide What's the gap the between NFL. them and fantasy points right now? It can't be big. I know Hill's... It's not a ton. No, no. I know Hill's gone nuclear, think, but Diggs has had like Diggs eight receptions four. every game. Hill's so. number two. Yeah. yeah. Diggs is four. Hill's number two. I think that's yeah. the gap between them. I don't think it's far. Yeah. I think Diggs is going to be great. I just think Hill is a little more electric and safe. I think he has a chance. I think electric, um, yes. I don't think safe. I mean, he's been one of the safest wide receivers for the past three years. There's... There's been almost no one that's been as consistent as Tyreek Hill. He, I mean, last he, year... He leveled out in Miami, but he wasn't very consistent in Kansas City. He had bad games, a lot of them. But being in Miami, last year he dropped under 10 PPR points two times when he played the full game. That's it. Yeah. Two, yeah. And I think he's going to be better this year with two all season long. He's great. No, I, I, I almost think that's why you trade him. Because I feel like, personally for me, I would keep Diggs, trade Hill cut brown because but brown also his trade value is really high right now it's too bad that he's in there with these two because brown is having a crazy stretch right now and brown very well could I mean, you be picked three of probably the top five wide that's what i was going for yeah it's, i wanted it's... to make it i wanted to make it hard for that reason um but zach you got to keep trade cut for me i don't i actually for the record hill and Diggs are, are relatively interchangeable i just think i think yeah, the argument fine is lines i think Diggs is floor hill ceiling and i think he flipped him which is it's just interesting because between the two of them through the last two years that's been completely opposite hill has been the far more consistent player between the two of them when you go when you're talking about just purely consistency. if you talk about post ucl tear last year Diggs, i agree he wasn't he wasn't super consistent when josh allen has a functioning ucl there was no more consistent player in fantasy football than Stephon He was Diggs. actually more consistent post-UCL tier last year. So Diggs was number 6-1, and then 37-38, 8-2, bye week. But 37-38. That was week three and four. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm telling you, like, I think, you're, uh, I think you're overestimating the consistency of Diggs versus Tyreek, who has, since becoming a Miami Dolphin, has been one of the most consistent players in the NFL. Yeah, except for last week. 
And even last week, you're sitting at eight points. Like, it's fine. PPR, you're close yeah. to double-digit PPR. And you've got the Giants coming up, Carolina, Philly, New England, Kansas City. Juicy Those matchups. Either, juicy, either match. juicy matchups or going to be barn burners of games. Yeah. And then he's got Vegas and ends the playoff with Tennessee, Jets, Dallas. Okay schedule, but yeah. I just think he's got the ceiling to be a little more consistent than Diggs. Because I also, think, I think yeah. there are chances that Buffalo is ahead and runs the ball more than they have. Bro, I can't and, tell you how many fantasy <laughs> games I've lost from the from the Josh Allen getting the Steph Curry treatment this season. Him it's, being on the bench very for fourth quarters is so annoying. I mean, it's awesome as a Bills fan, but it's so annoying as a fantasy player. I'm like, Adam Driver, more! Please it's, give me more. So I actually won my game because of the Steph treatment on the on the Cowboys because I, I was up by it. one point and they had Dak Prescott and Tony Pollard and uh the entire fourth quarter they didn't get one point because they got benched. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, a, it's I, a tight line. They're really both great it's, players. It's close. Hard it's to so close. Hate. Yeah, we're we're yeah, talking floor and ceiling and we're literally looking at like the, both their ceiling is one and both their floor is like six. So I mean this is a very silly debate, but I I, I stand by what I said and so do you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I do have a keep trade cut for you. What will put it to the test for you. Um, David Montgomery, DeAndre Swift, and Brees Hall. Oh, damn. I'm so mad at you, bro. You, you really, really went for my heart on this one. I love Brees Hall. Um, drafted him everywhere. Um, a bit regrettably at this stage. I, I'm getting close to regret, I would say. Not through no fault of his own. It's he's just currently how, the running back 31 on this. This is how the cookie's been crumbling. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers injury was so devastating for Brees. Um, Yet to break 50% snap share, but according to Robert Sala, is removing the pitch count from him. I heard that week. as well. Very, very promising news. I know Brees, he tweeted four football emojis, so we know what that means. You know, it's it's time. Um, so I'm Mr. Zach. I'm going to, um, believe it or not, I'm going to keep DeAndre Swift um, as hard as that is um, because I think Kenny, we know who Kenny G is at this point and he's great, but I don't think the fear of Kenny G and Rashad Penny exists anymore. I think the training wheels are off and I think the um, he's not looking over his shoulder anymore at who's going to come in and take his job. I think that's Swift's backfield, which is exciting and awesome because I bought low in dynasty uh, this past off season so I'm going to keep Swift. I'm going to trade Monty because of the touchdowns. And unfortunately, I, I never thought I'd say this, but I'm going to cut Brees. Yeah, it's a, that's a tough one, man. It because, is. I mean, the Jets have the ninth easiest running back schedule coming up. Yeah. But their offensive line is not great. Zach Horrendous. Wilson has, other than one week, has not yeah. been great. Hopefully he turns a corner. That would be so great for Brees. I feel like with the Swift versus Brees segment, like... They have similar ceilings in their respective offenses yeah. because the Phillies O-line is so much better. Yeah. But Swift feels safer right now, which he is does. crazy to say for him. Right. Uh, I think I'm I'm probably keeping Swift trading. Yeah, we're probably in the same answer. Yeah. Keeping Swift trading Montgomery, cutting Brees. Monty's value tough. is so high right now that I I love Brees, but what are you gonna what are you gonna get for Brees? You're you're selling Brees at his floor. You're selling Brees in nothing. And yeah. I'm probably struggle more to between Montgomery and Swift because I think they, again, similar ceilings, similar yeah. floors, where Montgomery showed that he can get three touchdowns. 
Swift gets stolen by Jalen Hurts more often than not. That's true, but so he runs for 180 two, yards. It's more sustainable. Yeah, those two are much closer to me than... I mean, John uh, David Montgomery also rushed for like 130 yards. Yeah, yeah. I they're know, they're you, closer but... to me than Brees. I think Brees is the odd man out here. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for the um, Keep Trade Cut gro- uh, Grounds Edition? Groundsy Coffee yeah. Edition? Of course. I got Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins... Drake London. Easy. Keep Jalen Waddle, trade T against Cut London. Why? No question. Uh, Jalen Waddle has been underperforming, but he has been a boom bust. Pl- uh, unlike Tyreek Hill, Waddle has been a boom bust player since he yeah. got in the league. Um, he's been fine. This Four catches season, in all right? three games. Yeah. Four catches in all three games he's played. We haven't seen that boom game from him or a single touchdown. I think you see regression there. I think it'll come sooner rather than later. Uh, T. Higgins, I want nothing to do with the Bengals' offense right now. Sure, it can get better. I've always viewed T. Higgins as a wide receiver too anyway, just based off of the offense he plays for. Mm -hmm. Now he's got the fractured ribs as well. Yeah. He may not play this week. He may not play next week. And then they have their bye week. After that, sure, could be great. But he's already shown that he could get 25 points or two which is more literally. often than not. That's literally been what he's shown. Yeah. And he looks almost a little bit like a Gabe Davis this year, like a, like a kind of like a boom-bust, untrustworthy, nitrous-in-the-tank type player. He's been pretty shockingly boom-bust for a lot of his career. Um, yeah. You, he's much higher floor than he's shown this year, but the ceiling comes and goes for him. Uh, yeah. But the reason I would rather trade him than Drake London is I do think you could sell on the thought and probably the truth that at the end of the season when Joe Burrow is healthy, they kind of get back on track. He's probably healthy, but that could take four to five weeks before you see that. Drake London, he's just not getting the targets. That offense doesn't have the ceiling. Even though he's an incredibly talented player, he'd be my cut there. I think he's the cut as well, unless we're talking dynasty, then it gets a little tougher. But if I were to throw Devontae Smith in there for London, does it change your answer? Yeah, if you throw in Devontae Smith, he's probably my keep. Wow, over Waddle. Um, I'll trade Waddle and then I'll take, cut take, You keep Smith over Waddle. Yeah, but they're very, very close. They're very close for um, me too. That's why I, it's tough. Higgins is, Smith, the, is the cut there, obviously, unfortunately. Smith has just been better on yeah, the year. Season, and I'll just, yeah. take, I'll just take the production that I've seen. I know the boom games are coming for Waddle, but they're here for Smith. So I, yeah. I'll take the, what I know. I love it. Do you got any more keep trade cuts, Mr. Zach? Yeah, of course. We get a dirty dog for you. Oh always. no! You, I mean, you, you thought yours was dirty, but yeah, I was gonna say, boy, oh boy, do I have <laughs> this one for you here? Okay. Yeah. So keep trade cut rest of season and and starting right now. I want to give you Kyle Pitts, Dalton Kincaid, or Zach Ertz. Okay. Um, yeah, man, you disgust me. Um, I don't you know what? Let's actually, this. let's sub out Zach Ertz because I think I already know your answer is going to be play him now and then drop him later. So let's go Dalton Kincaid, Kyle Pitts, and Luke Musgrave, fellow I like Thailand. that. I'm glad you, I'm glad you swapped it out. Yeah, I, I think, okay, so this is pretty easy for me as well just because the faith that I have, I mean, Musgrave does make it harder. And I think it makes the trade more of a conversation. But I've already told you I'm buying Kincaid everywhere I can. 
Um, anywhere where I'm questionable at tight end, um, I'm buying Kincaid. So um, keep Kincaid. And, <laughs> bro, I mean, I think you can still trade Kyle Pitts. I think there's still at least one fantasy manager in every single league that you're in that doesn't read the blurbs and doesn't know that Kyle Pitts is a bust. Um <laughs> For the Falcons, at least, or for fantasy, at least. I mean, look, he's so talented. He should be great. He's not. And I don't know if it's Arthur Smith. I don't know if it's Desmond Ritter. I don't think it's Kyle Pitts, but we'll see. The vibes are so bad. I think he still has more value to trade than Luke Musgrave. Um, So I would keep keep Kincaid. I would trade Pitts. Hopefully, I could get something back. And then I would cut Musgrave. But I do like Musgrave. He's he's a riser. I do, too. I think he sneakily could be better than... Pitts and Kincaid rest of oh, season. Let's do a rest I of think, season. Must I, I don't Kincaid. know if I'm like, but I think the same pathway I see for Kincaid, I see for Musgrave. I agree. And it's just like, who's going to do it? I mean, at least Musgrave has been playing a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's had over 75% snap share since week one. You can't say that for Kincaid. So more snap share than Kincaid for sure. But like you said, less less um scripted looks. Not true, actually. He has three receptions two receptions and then six receptions until he went out in detroit but we talked um, about um the percentage of of scripted plays to kincaid is high i don't necessarily know if musgraves are scripted i'll i'll check it right now yeah look into Does it, that cause... keep trade cut change for you at all if you throw hunter henry instead of musgrave i was thinking about that's like literally the name that i was thinking about and i think it might i think i might keep henry and trade Kincaid because I think Henry is almost a lock to be a tight end one just based on touchdown upside. Um, so I, I don't, I mean, I hate that as given that I have been banging the tape, banging the drum for, to, to buy Kincaid, but I think Henry is, could be a rest of season tight end one. I do like pretty locked in. So Luke Musgrave through, I'm going to say three games. I'm not going to say he played four. Yeah. You can leave a concussion out game out. Concussion has seen 12 first read targets in three games yeah dalton kincaid through this through four games has 11. okay yeah so there's a good there's a good chunk of uh of musgrave being the first read which is great i'm a little surprised i mean maybe with watson coming back that i think we might see that regress a little bit change yeah but i still i mean i we know we know how much um jordan love adores romeo dobbs so that's kind of the real first read yeah, genuinely. Um, but, brother. I like it, man. Great I discussion, think, bro. Does that conclude another day in That's the coffee it. shop? That's it. sends the episode here today. Dude, Zach and I have been together all morning. You guys are going to see us in these same outfits in a yep. coffee review. Coffee uh, review. The Palm First coffee time in a couple weeks. Got to gotta shout them out, man. They they were such great hosts today. And, uh, and spoiler alert, they, they, they tested well. We, we, we love the Palm. Appreciate everybody listening in for one more week. Good luck in your games this weekend. And tune back in next weekend. We'll have another show next week. We'll have another Hell show. yeah. Coffee Shop Sports.